conversations that inspire. I'm Jess Baker from Journey to a Better Place. And in this podcast, we're going to explore all the things that I just can't get enough of, like spirituality, meditation, positive psychology, living a conscious life, and living a life aligned to your soul's purpose. We'll speak to seekers from around the globe who are just like you and I, who share their stories to inspire us and offer us wisdom and insight from their journey. Thanks for joining me on your journey to a better place. I couldn't imagine a more fitting first guest for my very first podcast. The guest that's going to join us today is a lady that I actually met and I I love hearing how people meet because it's so random, I think, like, especially for single couples. I love hearing like, you know, a single person could find the love of their life just walking down the street, you know, or bump into someone. I think it's really random. And so this next guest I actually met when I was working uh, as a safety trainer and she at the time was working in some catering and so we met through a function at work and you know when you meet people and you just all of a sudden click well this is one of the few people in my life I think that I've just clicked with um, so deeply straight away like almost like you sort of I, I don't know like maybe you know them from another life or part of a soul family or they've been put in your path for a particular reason and um, this woman surely has, uh, I'm going to get a bit emotional, um, because she's someone that really inspires me all the time and uh, uh, allows me to grow and really be myself. So I would like to thank you very much for joining us and introduce Lou to everybody here. Hello, that was such a nice introduction. it's just what it is it's what you mean to me so Luke can you just share with us a little bit about yourself of course well my name's Louise I also get called Lou Uh, I am an artist which is something that I'm really stepping into owning in the past I've always felt like when I said that I was an artist I felt a bit like it wasn't good enough for this commercial world (laughs) but now I'm like got rid of that story and I don't really care um so that's who I am and I am also a meditation facilitator and I'm sort of moving into the space of uh art therapy and allowing creativity to inspire others to live their life in a creative and authentic way beautiful Now, one of the things that um, I discovered about Lou fairly early on in our journey together was that she is super creative and bloody brilliant at it. Um, She's very humble. But one of the things that I saw her do was in country Victoria, there was a a courthouse where they have singer-songwriter I guess you could do a poem, um, just an evening. And Lou actually got up there with her guitar and had a few members of the audience shout out a few different words 
And with that, she was able to create this incredible song that I was just blown away that people can even do that. So a little bit down the track, I'm hoping that she might be able to belt us a little bit of a tune. Um, I'll give her a few random words and see what pops out of her and uh, you can experience some of the magic that she shares. Now, Lou, I wanted to ask you, um, you tell me a little bit about Third Eye Guide. So Third Eye Guide was a name that sort of came to me probably about four or five years ago, my partner Dan and I. Um, I'd just finishing, finished studying creative arts at Victoria University and he'd just finished his carpentry apprenticeship in Torquay. And so we were both ready for We were finishing those things sort of pretty much at the same time and we were ready for a new adventure. We went on a trip to India and then when we came back, we decided to get a troop carrier, which is a four-wheel drive, and turn it, uh, convert it into a camper and go travelling around Australia. And I wanted a place to document my travels and creations or thoughts about our journey. And so third eye guide, I remember actually we were in Sydney just before we left and I was having a shower and I think Dan had come in and we were discussing names that my blog, my travel creative blog, it was sort of a very loose idea at the time, could be. And then um, I draw a lot of third, I draw a lot of eyes um, in my artwork. So Dan, I think Dan might have said something about third eye and then we thought guide as uh, sort of like, because at that time it was like we were going to show travel guides. That was sort of our intention. But like all things, it starts as one thing and then it just becomes something new with every twist and turn. So that's how it started about five years ago when we did that trip. And it's definitely evolved as I've evolved. And it looks very different in this current day. It's more less about traveling the world per se, but more about uh, the internal journey that we go on and um, creativity because the third eye is a, um, for me, it's all about creativity and intuition and um, that more spiritual way of seeing the world. Mm, beautiful. So what would you say to people that say they're not creative? Because I myself used to think I wasn't a creative person and, and I hear people all the time say that they're not creative, they couldn't do that. So what would what advice or what would you say to somebody who thinks that they're not creative? Like, are we all creative? I think we are all creative, whether we believe that we're creative or not. We are creating things all the time. You and I are creating sentences. We create a cup of tea. We create what we put on us for what we're going to wear for the day. And it's just about more stepping into knowing that you're creating those things and experimenting a little bit more. So I feel like a creative person is just someone who experiments a bit more with their decisions of how they want to interact with life or express themselves in new ways. Mm. And so I definitely think every single person is creative, but some of us uh, aren't. Some of us are born into a family environment environment where that side of us is really encouraged and nurtured mm. some of us it's sort of a natural inclination in our way of experiencing the world and with others it's a more dormant thing that 
maybe it blossoms later on in life and it's just about stopping those stories about I'm not this and I'm not that because how how can you be anything when the sentence starts with I'm not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and super interesting in your answer there in the fact that you didn't mention anything about art, well, I guess what I would traditionally call artwork. Do you know, like I, I thought, and so still I guess my mind needs to expand a little bit or there's potential for it to expand a bit on what creativity is. It's not necessarily doing a painting or writing a song. Like you said, it's just every day. It's, it's making the cup of tea or it's, um, I guess, it's an expression of self. Is, is that right? Yeah, that's the way I like to see it. And I think by not limiting it to being just someone who paints pictures or someone who writes songs it sort of limits the way that you can experience yourself. And by starting off, that's why I chose quite everyday mundane chores that all of us partake in because if you start with those things, then everyone can see themselves as a creator Mm. because you're already doing those things every day. Yeah, and that's super powerful, isn't it? It's, I guess it's more about who you are rather than the outcome of what you've created yes it's more of the experience of creating rather than the artwork itself so I think a lot of times that's why people sort of shy away from creative creative endeavors because they're worried about what it's going to look like oh no mine doesn't look like what what the artwork in the museums look like or and so so my approach to art is I don't really give a shit what it looks like Mm. Yeah, great if it forms into something and if it inspires others. But for me, creativity is more about the process of my experience of the creating and less about what the outcome is. Because when the picture's finished, the picture's finished. But the the process of making it is where I find my joy. Mm. It's almost like um, a, the life cycle, right? Like everything sort of starts, you birth the creation, then you live the creation as you're creating it, which is like a life. And then when it's finished, it's like that cycle's finished and it's like the death of the, that process, I guess. And then a new cycle can start again. Yeah. And that the, the death part is more at the end of something is that reflection of, okay, what am I going to do now? Like what? what did this process what point did this process bring me to and how have I changed because of it and what is it inspiring next Mm. and does it do you like learn from one process does that affect your next process or is it totally like random like you've picked something off an apple tree and then you're picking something off an orange tree if that makes sense or do they sort of feed into each other do you think I think at the beginning I don't like I I don't I don't want to separate um making say I decided to make a movie and that's one project or one creative idea or just general learning in life I think they're kind of the same thing I think I'm saying I think a lot because I'm trying to think as I go <laughs> um it's it's not so much I think I was in the beginning 
I wasn't conscious of everything informing itself. Mm. But the more that I've been sort of really engaged in my own internal thoughts about a creative process and really reflecting on what I'm thinking and how I'm how I'm um, moving throughout my projects and how it informs the next thing. I'm much more aware of that process now and I'm sure that in the past, I feel like everything in life is a building block to the next thing but mm. now I'm just awake to that and I'm like, oh, now I'm watching myself make the next decision rather than just feeling like it's just, oh, I like that, I like that, I like that. But now I'm like, oh, okay, a bit more wow. in tune with it. That's super powerful, isn't it? It's like what you're explaining there is like mindfulness. Is that being aware of the thought patterns rather than thinking that you are what you're thinking. You're the one thinking that and can observe that. Yeah, I think that's it, the witness. So I used to, uh, if I was drawing something, my style of drawing has always been just pick up the pen and see what comes out. I don't have, I don't often have a vision beforehand or I don't look at something and want to try and recreate it. I like surreal imagery that just doodles basically that just come out and just random and you're like, oh, okay, that surprised me. Mm. That's the sort of. And do you follow your intuition in all areas of your life? Yeah, I would say that I um, am quite a feeling based person in terms of not really going off what everyone else is doing around me, but what feels right for me. Mm. And even if. I know even with my partner, he's sometimes like everyone has different ideas about life and the way the best decision and the way that they do things. But, um, yeah, even if other people around me have quite strong opinions about things, I will still tune into what's right for me. But I do try and be open to hearing other people's ways of doing things because I think there's a line between our intuition and just our habitual way of doing things. And I just want to make sure that I'm not being like saying, oh, I'm being true to myself, but by being true to myself that I'm not uh, restricting myself in this idea of who I am. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Because it's like that's the ego then, isn't it? It's not really who you are. It's who you identify yourself as. Yeah. And so a lot of our beliefs might be, uh, it might be just that. It might be that this is who I am, this is right for me, but that's restricting in itself. So I, to keep that balance, I, my approach at the moment is to be a little bit more open to hearing other people's ways of doing things and just maybe feeling that out, giving that a go, seeing what parts about it I liked, but still hearing what's right for me, but being open to other people's ideas and trying new ways of doing things. Mm. I love, um, I, like I see you following your intuition in the interactions we've had. Like when we first went out for a cuppa, you brought me a book. You're like, I don't know why I need to bring this, but this is a book I felt I needed to bring. And it was a book on meditation, uh, which I don't think we'd really talked about all that much together, but it's definitely something that was a huge part of my life at that stage because that was uh, the, st the start sort of, 
journey of my chronic fatigue syndrome. So what I didn't realise at the time was I was pretty much spending like that whole period of my life in meditation because I wasn't able to process any of the outside stimuli. So um, it was very interesting for me. And what I really loved the other day was Lou called me up and she's like, I can't even remember what the words were. It was like something like I, I'm, you did, it's like you didn't, she didn't know. She was like, there was something that we needed to do together, but you didn't know what it was. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, I feel like now I'm, now that you said those stories, I'm thinking about my intuition in a new way. And uh, yeah, I do trust those gut feelings or those impulses without overthinking them too much. And I think that comes from not being too worried about the judgment Mm. Um, because, you know, a lot of the times they're just safe risks. Like Mm. um, I know one the other day where I just saw this big rainbow and then there was a guy in front of me on a motorbike and I just, he was putting his helmet on and I I just had to run up to him and I was like, please, you need to look at the rainbow. And he turned around and had a big look at it, whereas he wouldn't have seen it. And then I just got in my car and drove off. But it's just little things like that that I guess I'm not afraid to follow those slight little impulses because it just feels right at the time and they're harmless. Mm. Um, And then so, and I know that when they happen to me, they can really change the way that you perceive your day or change your perspective. But in terms of our interaction, yeah, I called you and I just think that there was a yearning for something in my unconscious that was starting to come to light uh, with I wanted to start collaborating or doing more um, sharing of my artwork or of my gifts in the world and I didn't really know how that was going to start happening but I felt like action needed to happen. And so when we were discussing when we were just chatting, I just had this feeling like we could help each other in a way of, I didn't know if it was like motivating each other or chatting about where we are going with our different creative or business ideas and just keeping each other accountable. I think that was what I thought it might be, just a little check-in with each other, like, hey, how are you doing? What are your plans for this week? But then once we did start talking, it sort of evolved into doing a project together and starting a women's circle and and because you were starting a podcast at the same time as my, as me it ended up sort of being like our journeys were really in parallel at the same time and that we're doing these things but learning a lot from each other while we're getting started mm, mm. and i think that's really um powerful in that following our intuition doesn't have to be this huge big story it is those little things and you don't know where they end up. And it's like, like you say before, like each thing in life sort of builds on each other. And if you really follow your intuition and follow those little building blocks, then all of a sudden it's block again on block on block and then you've built a castle. But if you don't even allow yourself to follow that, that particular brick, maybe you wandering around on the, on the dirt patch and not looking above like it's following that intuition that sort of puts you on the next brick and then on the next brick and then the next brick and um, I'm really thankful that you did listen to that because I've I've really enjoyed 
spending this time creating with you and um, it's been really inspirational watching you just give it a go. Like it doesn't, it's not about the outcome, it's the process and watching you learn and grow and be able to share that with other people is just beautiful. Yeah, I think uh, the same with you. I just think watching the way that you approach, you know, we both had the same task of we want to start a podcast, but watching someone else approach it in their own unique way is so awesome because yeah. you're, uh, we're, doing the, we're working towards the same goal but doing it in a totally different way and then taking things from each other and, and I'm not saying that in a way, like I mean taking things from, like inspiration from each other and learning from the way that we both approach it. So mm. I think that's really cool just that the same, the same goal can look totally different. Mm. And it's, it's interesting, isn't it, that we can get fixed in our thinking and think that there's only one way to do things. And if you watch somebody else do it and it's not quite the right way, like, or, you know, the right way in quotations, um, if you're trying to teach somebody or, like, it's really limiting to the people around you. Mm. So, yeah, I think that's beautiful when you, you let go a little bit and realise everyone comes to this world with different strengths and different ways of being and embracing them. And if you want to go listen to Lou's podcast, um, she, Lou has a, a um, much bigger sense of humour than me, I think. So your podcast comes across quite uh, humorous. It was really fun and um, really a great, a, just something great to listen to. And it was just interesting seeing, like you can see your strengths come out in it and you can see my strengths come out in it. And also it's a nice reminder that oftentimes we do compare ourselves to other people and compare themselves to their strengths. So I look at that and think, oh, gee, I'm not as creative as Lou or, you know, I'm not as funny as Lou. I'm never going to be able to do that. But realising, hang on, I've actually got a whole lot of wonderful strengths that I can bring too. And even though I probably don't see them because it's just me being me, um, we spoke about the fact that, well, you could sort of see the the strengths that I came with. So um, it's really lovely having that relationship where you can grow and, and nurture each other and um, your, your strengths. So what do you do when, when you, do, do you ever get that comparisonitis, I call it? Um, I don't know if I get it too much in terms of, I, I feel like I've I've always been pretty strong in um, not really shaping my world based on what other people are doing. So I think that's been always something that I've been pretty strong in. But I did have it the other day when I the last podcast episode that I did. It wasn't so much a comparison. It was more once I'd finished my episode the girl that I interviewed I was thinking oh she spoke really well maybe I should have spoken a bit clearer and um so I guess it's kind of but it, it wasn't like I felt like I needed to be more like her but it was more like her strengths made me reflect on things that I could improve on mm. but not necessarily wanting to sound exactly like she does because we both bring different things but just yeah, I thought, oh, she spoke with a lot of clarity and conviction and she was really clear on her purpose and her truth. 
Mm. And then on reflection of that, I was thinking, okay, well, I'd like to sit down and be a little bit more refined in myself in those areas so that when I speak, that same clarity can come through. Mm. And it might be sound a totally different way than what hers did, but she inspired that in me. Mm. So do you have any idea what your purpose is in the world? Uh, I, I'm not sure if I know. I think that's a part of the process. I don't think I ever will know and I don't think I ever really necessarily want to know a fixed purpose. But I know a direction. I know that I want to be learning all the time and experiencing myself new all the time. Um, my whole thing is if it's less about, I know there's a whole thing about inspiring other people and how can you serve the world. I sort of want to uncondition myself and really strip myself down and just bring creative expression into the world and work with other people and try and be present in that. And if that can offer fun and happiness into the world, then that's great. Mm. But I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't necessarily feel like, oh, I'm here to change the world or this is my job title. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I don't really see life like that. I see life as this random miracle that we get to experience and that like how do I want to experience it is more what I think about Mm. and what does unconditioned mean to you Uh, unconditioned means to me thinking about our culture that we grow up in what looking at our upbringing from whoever raised us what their beliefs are looking at the media, looking at our environment and seeing how that's informed us and becoming aware of that. And then from that place, freeing yourself of any judgments or beliefs or ways of being that are restricting Mm. or at least becoming aware of how those things have informed our behaviour or our thoughts. And then from that place, sort of like stripping back the layers to get to a more authentic place. Like when we're born, we get taught everything. So it's just sort of like understanding what we got taught, unlearning anything that we don't need anymore and then kicking off from there. Mm. And then what do, you ha- what do you think happens when you leave this body? Dan and I were talking about this the other day and I do love these conversations as often as I can have them because they shift me into this perspective of remembering how crazy this experience is to be alive. Mm. And when you're in that, I can feel it in my body. I feel like a buzzing sensation of like, oh, shit, don't take this for granted. Like the Mm. fact that I'm standing here having this conversation with another person is so bizarre and so almost hard to comprehend. And from that place, it's like, why do we worry about shit and anything's possible because the fact that we're here is possible. Mm. Um, So I love having those conversations because that energy really like makes me feel alive and makes me feel unstoppable. Mm. Um, But sorry, I'll go back to your original question. Um, I don't know. 
like the fact that this is a life experience means that anything could be possible death could be a whole new process i think that life itself is infinite um infinite sorry um but i would be making shit up to say that i knew what was possible because i think it could be bloody anything yeah and it, i guess even putting it into words limits it doesn't it like putting into that human construct it was interesting the other day i had the realization i've sort of gone through you know initially sort of fearing death and then realizing that it's just well i believe it's a part of a process and i don't believe it's the end and I believe that we leave this body, but I guess when you were talking there about like feeling the tingling through your body, I was meditating the other day and I was like, I had, I guess, a bit of an attachment to my body, like thinking about when I die, I'm, I'm not going to experience this body. I'm not going to experience what this leg feels like in this position. And it made me really sad in a way to that that experience would be over it's like so not you know not scared about dying or anything but just re really grateful like like you were saying like just really grateful to be alive and experience what we're experiencing at the moment is is pretty amazing yes and i love those type moments where it shifts everything all your perspective and shifts your priorities and you just go oh that shit that i was worrying about like what jeans to wear today or what the person at the coffee shop was thinking or whatever it might be. It's just so, so pointless when you have those more like bigger, broader perspectives come in and they just shift everything. Yeah. 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 That's cool. All right. Well, I'm wondering whether you might be able to make up a song for us. Yeah, I thought we could do it with your oracle cards because you always pull one. Maybe you could pull one and it could inspire the song. Sure. That's something we do together a lot, our oracle cards. We do, and it's amazing um, what comes out of them, isn't it? It's um, really... I feel like I've been so deep and serious today. I think you bring it out yeah. of me. <laughs> I know. It's just the different personalities, isn't it? Like I am a deep... A deep soul. <laughs> I'm not even sure if you can hear this on your end. I've got my ukulele. And it sounds great. So one of the words that I'm hoping you might be able to include in your song is journey because, journey. you know, I'm like journey to a better place and you were talking about Third Eye Guide being more about the journey within Yes, and I think I want to actually mention because it came to my mind after that guide was more important, that word to me, than teach because yeah. guide is like that everyone on your path can suggest something that might give you, you know, um, a new perspective on where you might want to go and it's less, um, it's less instruct. Uh, yeah, it's just more of like more of a tip or a... Mm thing oh, i don't know i don't even know what i'm trying to say but it's less like a teacher telling you that something's wrong or right and more of a like oh maybe try that or this is yeah. what i do and make it up for yourself <laughs> I, I love well i love that too because with teacher comes a little bit of like authority mm. suggests that maybe one person knows more than the other or is on a different level and um 
the the fact is really we're all teachers and we're all students. Mm. Um, Both at the same time. Yeah, exactly. I'm reading the Tao Te Ching at the moment and that reminds me of, of my verse that came out this morning or yesterday morning. It says, not to honour men of worth will keep the people from contention. Not to value goods which are hard to come by will keep them from theft. Not to display what is desirable will keep them from being unsettled of mind. Grasshopper. All right, so I'll shuffle these cards. Oh, it's popped out quite quickly. Yes. All right, I'm ready to roll. My favourite deck of cards, it's the Art of Love Tarot. Um, Who's it by? Tony, is it? Yeah. Tony Salerno and Denise Jarvie, if that's how I say the name. And, well, this is interesting, we got King of Hearts. So Hearts is all about emotions and Mm. it's the healer. Oh, he's a very stern-looking young man. So it's a picture of, yeah, a, a man with its, to the one side of him, it's quite a dark shadow. And then on the other side, you've got the sun streaming down on him um, with the love heart sort of at his uh, throat center, I guess, with some violet flames coming off of him. Okay, so we got Journey. We've got the card. Do you want to do one more word or are you happy to leave it there? Potential came to me. Ooh. If anyone's listening, um, just know that I only know about four notes on the ukulele. So if you've ever wanted to play an instrument, grab a ukulele, teach yourself the four easiest chords and get going.
sitting here by myself, I'm not alone. There's no better time to get going. There's no greater gift than not knowing. Throw caution to the wind, and who cares? Let down that hair. Let down that hair. That's it. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. I got tears of truth come. <laughs> that, that's incredible. What what an incredible gift you have to be able to just make that up on the spot like that. Far out. Oh, the start, I was like. Oh, where's this song going? <laughs> <laughs> it's always a bit, it's a little bit scary that unknown, isn't it? Like to be able to trust, just to give it a go and to trust takes courage. Yeah. I think just the judgment. Once the judgment once you can get judgment out of your way. And that take that's like there's layers of judgment. It's like a big boulder that you just chip away at. Um but once you get rid of that judgment, then it's sort of a free-for-all, isn't it? Mm, mm. <laughs> what if no one was judging you and no one really gave a shit? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's too worried about their own shit. Well, it's often the case, isn't it? Really, we're the, our own worst enemies in that. We're the biggest judges of ourselves, aren't we? Yeah. And I think back at even school when I would, go out and do these like weird little performances or have these ideas and mum and dad be like, are you sure you want to do that? <laughs> Even though it's super encouraging that they were like, okay, like didn't really get it. But the, um, I give an example. There was like a time where we had a gym class in year nine and we were doing gymnastics and I was just, I'm not flexible. All the enthusiasm in the world. But um, we did the class and everyone just wanted to get through it, wasn't really interested. It's kind of that age where everyone's acting like everything's just such a drag. Um, but I spent heaps of time at home coming up with choreography. Like I was in flash dance or something. Like I was at home just like coming up with this choreography and then I came up with a full like 80s acro outfit with the leotard on top and the headband like the hair and everything and then I went to school like Napoleon Dynamite style and played the music everyone's just in their fucking school uniform the whole time I played the music I got my friend to start it actually and I started like head down low come up full costume did the big performance like so into it and then bowed at the end and I could just see all the kids like what the fuck could hear a pin drop in the gym. <laughs> and I didn't care. I was just like, I was just loved it. I loved making it up at home. I loved wearing the costume to school. And I even got a better mark than what I should have for the moves that I, this, the choreography really got me over the line. The teacher <laughs> was like, you know, almost A for effort sort of thing. And, um, yeah, I think... Knowing that, yeah, of course, people there would have been kids there like, what the hell, that's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> and there's still people in my life that do that. And then just they don't have to get it. And I don't need to let those thoughts stop me from doing what I want to do. 
because why? Like who cares if they don't like it or they don't get it? It doesn't yeah. bother me. Yeah. And because that's just their limitations that they're putting on themselves, right? Like, yeah. And how do they react? Because oftentimes when someone shows us our um, areas that need healing, it can people can be quite defensive or aggressive or, you know, because it's sh- showing them that mirror, I guess, of what they're not. So how do, you, how do you find people react when you do these outrageous things like that? I'm not, I can't even think of what, I don't even think I was focused on, on what they were thinking. And I, like, not, I'm sure that they would have just been, maybe it was just another stunt that I'd pulled. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> become quite normal. I'm not sure. Oh, there's the theatre kid again. <laughs> um, I think the per, I've been less worried about others' judgment and more concerned in facing my own judgment of myself. Mm. So mm. I think that's the more crippling part of us. Mm. Well, for me, everyone's different. Some people, the judgment of others is a really big process that they're going through. Yeah. But for me, it's been more about what that inner voice tells me. Mm. That, ah, I think just the classic, we're going to die one day. And on that day, I won't give a shit. So why should I care now? <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just like yeah what I always go back to this like the, in my this is actually something that I think I try to think about every day is like this life really came from nothing it really the only meaning that it has is what we put on it mm. and then from that space it's like this is a playground this is just this can this is whatever we want to make it mm. Mm. so what do you want in your playground ah uh. Well, at the moment, Dan and I are building our tiny house and we want to travel around the world and make music with people from all over the world and dance and eat foods that I've never eaten. And I don't know, I guess be amazed by opening my mind more and more to see what else there is. It's magical, isn't it? All the different experiences that we can have. Yeah. I, I mean, my answer might change tomorrow, but that's, like, yeah, that's, that's what I can you. come up with. That's what I can come up with right now is just doing, I guess what I'm doing, just meeting nice people, trying to have as much fun as possible, not take everything so seriously, be in nature. Yeah. And I think that's really powerful too when you realise it could change and that's okay. Like some of us get really stuck in fear not being able to take the next step forward because they're so worried it's the wrong step mm. and, and thinking that, well, that's it, that's that decision or you can't change it, it's in cement. And there's very few things in life that we can't change. Like if it, you know, try it on. If it's working for you, great. If it's not, try something else. Mm. I think. That's a really good point. I'm just thinking about even for me, I never really committed to bigger projects or bigger visions for that reason, whereas I'd create in the moment and have spontaneous creative interactions in my life, but I never wanted to have a bigger project because I thought that that was going to stifle me in some way, Mm. that was going to make me fixed or was going to 
hold me down and now I'm sort of breaking out of that and being like, yeah, you can have a big vision or a big project and it can change as you go along. Yeah, that's right. And I see that too with a lot of people um, with their businesses. If they're trying to step out and start a business, it's like it's all got to be perfect before I... I don't, you know, put it out there and it's like, no, it doesn't. It can, it can be a journey of whatever it is. And I guess if it gets to the stage where you're not having fun or you've outgrown it, then you can leave. But there's multiple paths and things that you can do within the one project that you're working on. Um, and just, I guess, allowing that, like, it can be limiting if we don't even allow ourselves to explore that. Yes. Dan said something awesome to me today, actually. I just have it in front of me on a piece of paper. Perfect it as you go. Yeah. Rather than have it perfect, then put it out. So I know I did a video of um, explaining my creative process on my Instagram of uh, thoughts that I was having. And I watched it back and I was like, oh, you know, I could have been more animated. Did I ramble too much? And and I said this to Dan and he's like, oh, well, you put it out there now, but, yeah, that's something you could condense it more and be a little bit more lively. And But what I'm really committing to at the moment is put it out, reflect on it afterwards, and then change it the next time you do it. Yeah. Instead of try and make it perfect before you put it out and then nothing ever happens. Yeah, that's right. You paralyse yourself. And, and people don't care they don't care and it's nice to be able to look back and see the journey like there's a few people that I follow that right from the start and I love watching and seeing how they grow and develop but when you when you look at people that have been doing it years again maybe you don't have this if you're not um, falling into that comparison um, thing I guess that lots of us can have which is really fantastic if you don't experience that but like I see that too is that people compare themselves to people that have been doing it for years and years and it's like well mine doesn't it's not as good as theirs so I'm not I can't put it out but it doesn't work like that does it you've got to do the work and put it out there and be okay to grow and get better yeah well they've done yeah they've done that work they did it for 10 years to get to where they were yeah and most people when you actually listen to what they're saying will be truthful about that and say that yeah it's when like you... the, i was listening just to, to um oh, someone the other day and I, I didn't even know their name i just was listening and they were saying you know i was an overnight success in hollywood but like laughing about it that you know it's like there's all of a sudden all these overnight successes that pop up, but they don't actually tell the, the true story that people have worked their butt off for 10 years to get to that position. So, yeah. It's so true. And I think with anything, don't, for me anyway, what, what are you doing it for? Are you doing it for others? Are you doing it for yourself? Why are you doing this? Asking those questions because if if I'm making something, make it for the experience of you wanting to learn and you wanting to grow. And then if it has an impact on others in that process, then that's great. Mm. But don't do it based on thinking I've got to have it perfect for everyone else. Just be mm. where you're at, wherever you're at, even if it means that, okay, I said um six times in that one, but I won't, I'll try not to say it next. I won't say um, I'll say um five times next time. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's it too, isn't it? It's it's little steps as well. It's doing it with compassion towards ourselves and being okay to 
to fail, get better next go or not, maybe the one after. But it's like, I guess it's going back to when we were a kid and we were learning to walk. It's not like you try, you have to be perfect or you don't try or you try once and, oh, that's it. I'm not good at that. I'm never going to walk my whole life. (laughs) 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 Oh my gosh. The man who crawled forever because he couldn't walk. (laughs) <laughs> because he failed once. <laughs> like that show, is it um, Wally? Wally? Where they all the humans are up in space and they're on these floating chairs because they're too lazy to to walk. Have you seen that? Seen oh, it's a good. It's a good one. I love. I love kids shows. They're always really funny with good morals or stories. I like that. I wouldn't mind floating around in a chair in space. Well, we are pretty much. <laughs> I'm on a chair and I'm floating in space. <laughs> All my dreams are coming true right in this second. Be careful what you wish for. That's right. It's it's how you look at it, isn't it? I um, am a member of a spiritual group on Facebook and someone was saying that they wished that there was peace on earth. And I was like, there is peace on earth. No, they're like, uh, where have you been? Like, have you not seen what's happening in the world at the moment? And I'm like, no, I found peace this morning when I had my cup of tea. There was peace there. And when I stopped and had a few breaths and felt the sun on my face, I found peace there. Like, we're so, we can be so all or nothing, black and white. And it's like, no, no, find it's just all a matter of perspective, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, that's so true. And, ju- yeah, that sentence, I think what they were wanting is peace to be everywhere in the world at the same time, everyone experiencing it. But really, we can't, we are only are where we are. Even if everyone in the world has experienced peace at the same time, I would still only know the peace that I'm seeing in my present moment. Yeah. That's right. And it's all we, we can af- control or, for, for want of a better word, or um, influence, I, I suppose. Like I, I, can't, I can't influence what's happening on the other side of the world necessarily, but I can influence myself, which influences my interactions with everybody that, I, that are around me, and then it ripples out from there. Mm. I like the ripple effect. Yeah, it's pretty amazing, isn't it? And I love that there's so much that we don't know from the ripple effect. Like mm. I love reaching out and telling people how they've influenced my life um, because they don't know. And I had this story when I was working in Ireland. I was working as an outdoor instructor and we had we used to do these big adventure races where people like would run 10Ks and go on a bike, all these ridiculous, crazy things. And afterwards we'd have a huge party um, for the staff and for the guests. Everyone was involved. And I always sort of, I guess coming from a professional background, being a geologist, um, I was always aware of how I behaved at those parties because it was my still my workplace although I don't think any of of the of the other guys would even think about that um but we had this party and I was we were all dancing and I was look I looked across the room and there was these three guys sitting on a chair and there was one guy that was in the middle that looked quite upset like the other two were sort of consoling 
And so I walked over there and I, I, don't, I don't know where this came from. I think it's like what you were talking about is just following those moments of intuition and knowing that there was no harm, you know, but I was just, I don't know, it was like my body was going over there. I was just along for the ride. And I went over and I sat on his lap and I was, I said something. Your body, bro. Your body made the action. I was just following. I was like, what is happening here? And I went and sat on his lap and I was like, you know what the best thing is when you're upset? He just looked at me a bit blank and I'm like, a boob hug. (laughs) (laughs) Because when I was growing up, like mum would give me these great big hugs, but, you know, because I was short, like I'd end up with all these boobs in my face, like getting this big hug. (laughs) <laughs> so I was like, do you want a boob hug? <laughs> and so next thing I know, here I am grabbing his head and like just giving him a big hug and holding him for a few seconds. And then I got up and said to him, oh, do you want to come dance? Like and got his friends to come and dance and got them up and, you know, they were all sort of laughing and having fun. And then um, <laughs> I like I slowly, once they were okay, I slowly moved away and I was thinking like oh please don't think that there's anything in that or um you know thinking that he's he might the mind kicked in or something like that then one of his friends come up to me at the end of the night and I was at the bar and he hands me this piece of paper and I was like oh no like is it going to be his phone number or something like I was like oh here we go (laughs) and he's like I just wanted to thank you because you You'll have no idea what it is that you've done for us tonight, but you completely just saved the whole night for us. And what had happened was that they were um, doing this big adventure race in honour of his, of the guy that was upset, his brother. His mm. brother had passed away. And so, like, you know, after the big race, being a bit exhausted, having a few drinks, they sat down and, you know, he was starting to get a bit emotional. And he's like, we couldn't have even planned or thought of a more perfect thing to happen right in that moment to, you know, to pull him out and and to have that fun. So thank you so much. You just, there's so much more to that than you will ever possibly know. And What he gave me was a piece of paper that said um, it was lollipop moments and said, please go home and, and look this up on the internet, lollipop moments. And it was a, it's a TED talk, I think, from memory. This was a long time ago about taking the time to thank the people that have really, you know, changed your life and that it can be the smallest thing that you don't even realise. Like, you with the motorbike guy and showing him the rainbow, like that delay for him might have prevented a crash. Mm. And I think so often we, you know, if, if, if we do have an accident, we're like, oh, you know, if only I did that or if only that happened or, you know, all these if onlys. But I also wonder about all the if onlys that have saved us, mm. like, you know, that, the, the amount of things that could have happened to us that we we just can't imagine because other things have st- stood in the way or that divine timing, perhaps you might like to say. Mm. I love those moments. And I think the more that you receive them, 
the more willingly you just follow those impulses too. Yeah. Whether when you let them into your own life. I love the boob hug thing. I was a bit nervous to turn up to work the next day because I was like, oh, no, someone's going to put it on um, TripAdvisor or whatever. Like, oh, it was really great. And thanks to the Australian girl for the boob hug. And I was like, because if I had that, come out like from the mind or you know in my background like instant dismissal like what is <laughs> so I was freaking out and I ended up going in and knocking on the HR um or the general manager store and I was like um just so you know this happened last night <laughs> I love how honest you are and thankfully she's she just laughed she's like yeah that's fine whatever but <laughs> that's hilarious a boob hug <laughs> so lovely I don't think my boobs are big enough for that to be one of my spiritual gifts probably probably, <laughs> probably not very politically correct am I like if you know people actually do decide to listen to this one day <laughs> so someone will probably have something to say about that ah oh, people have always got something to say which is fine. That's what, one thing I thought about after my second episode of recording my one. I then I was thinking a bit more about what we talked about, the Black Lives Matter movement, and we were talking about childhood trauma with domestic violence, and we were talking about quite sensitive issues, whereas when you and I spoke in the first one, it was a lot more lighthearted and we were just kind of, even though we we're talking about serious life stuff, we weren't being so specific in issues. And so I guess, yeah, my mind started to, even while I was speaking, I started to feel myself get anxious and nervous. Like, do I know enough about this? What are people going to say? Am I, yeah, I started getting really nervous because it was being recorded. Mm. Um, talking about those matters that are so important to people. Mm. And it's important to me too, but I think that, that was just in my mind, like, is this politically correct? Am I saying the right thing here? And that really, I felt that changed the way that I was engaging in the conversation. Mm. Um, so that was nice to reflect on because then it's like, okay, just relax. Someone's always going to not love what you have to say <laughs> and you can always learn as you go along, but if you don't have those conversations either, there's, there's damage to be done in not speaking about those things. Yeah. I put a question out the other day that, you know, there's so much, there's so many answers in silence mm. and what do you get from silence? And my perspective was all sort of thinking about, you know, meditating and in your own silence, what have you found? And somebody put something about the fact of, of being silent um, oh, I can't think of the wording. It's like it's like you're a, con a conspiracist. Um, like you're part of the problem if you're being silent. And I thought, gee, that was a fascinating direction to to take it. And I guess we all look at things differently and from different perspectives. So, like you say, whatever way you look at it, somebody's not going to be happy about it. Um, well, yeah. the context changes. You know, that's why I'm, <laughs> I'm fascinated by in the art, even in my own approach to art or in art exercises I like to do with people is to say a prompt and then to see how it's taken in so many different directions. Yeah. It's just so fascinating. 
They've done, there's a really good book um, called Mindfulness by Ellen Langer, I think her name is, um, who's a positive psychologist and researches mindfulness. And she talks about doing an experiment with people and, and um, oh, what is it? what's the word? I can't think of the exact wordings, but it's like, not having limits around creativity. So if I said, if I took this pen and said to you, this is a pen, what else could you use it for? And you came up with a list. Whereas if I went to you um, or, you know, to somebody else and said, tell me all the things that you could do with this holding up as a pen, even just defining that one is a pen or one is an object changes people's ability to relate to it and she talks about the fact like imagine if we brought up our kids like that like this you know this is a metal thing that can cut your food to eat what else could you use it for then then I think it makes you more adaptable and when you're more adaptable and have that flexibility you're able to um move to other situations um so the other thing that i wanted to share with you when you're talking about context what came up with me was when i was in india in at the start of this year i was doing a meditation teacher training and it was based on osho's sort of meditation and um have you seen the netflix documentary wild country yes yes yeah <laughs> So it was so interesting because I didn't know I didn't know Osho's story before I went to this meditation thing and my background in meditation was more Tibetan style meditation like you know I've done the Vipassana meditation and and that Buddhist the more the Buddhist tradition and so I went along to this meditation teacher training it was, and it was quite dynamic, but it was so interesting watching that documentary because did you, had you not understood the whole process of the meditation and that it was made up of four sort of different parts and one of the parts is a gibberish meditation where you just allow any sounds or um, words to come out of your mouth I guess being the idea that, you know, like when you're in a different country and somebody might be yelling at you in a, diff a language that you don't understand, like it just washes over you mm. because you, there's no meaning to it. So the words influence us because uh, the, and the languages that we understand because of the meanings that we apply to it. But mm. really they're just words, they're just sounds. So watching this documentary, it was so bizarre like it was showing these shots of these people going crazy, like jumping around in the nude. Mind you, we didn't have nude ones, but like jumping around and like flicking everywhere and screaming and doing all this crazy stuff that I thought, no wonder people think that like this is a mad cult and like what is going on here because I'd experienced it and, and really enjoyed it. And knew what was going on, but was still a little bit blown away by this documentary, thinking, oh, my gosh. So that context is, yeah, massively important. Yeah, I agree. Even watching that documentary, I, I said the same thing. I watched it with my family and I said the exact same thing. I was like, if I hadn't been to alternative experimental art classes or hippie festivals and different 
meditation classes or different things that I've done along my path, if I'd just seen that like 15, 20 years ago, maybe 15, let's say 15 years ago, I'd just be like, what are they doing? What? That's so weird. Like even 10 years ago, like as the more that you relax and open up to different ways of being and open yourself up to people's different interpretations of life, it's sort of like, oh, yeah, that's the way that they do things. But when you're really fixed in that this is normal in your little world, (laughs) those sort of things are just like, whoa, that's so weird when it's not your way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I... I like when I was watching it, I was like, shit, that looks fun. (laughs) (laughs) I did. (laughs) I want to do that. (laughs) Well, it's a fascinating story. And I really liked the documentary because what, so if you haven't seen it, go check out on Netflix. It's called Wild Country. And what was really fascinating about it is, so Osho sends somebody to come and set up this huge ranch in the middle of, Oregon, I think it was, was it? And these um, people in this country village all of a sudden have like all, all hundreds and hundreds of people turn up in purple clothing going to this, what they can only term as a cult because they have no idea, no, no comprehension of what's happening. And I thought it was really interesting because it showed the perspective that they had, it showed the perspective of um, Osho and I guess what was inside, what was going on inside. And so I found it really interesting in that I felt like it wasn't necessarily sort of swayed one person. So I felt like you could really sort of relate a little bit to each, well, well I could, I guess, with my background with meditation. If you had no idea what they were doing, maybe you wouldn't have that perspective. But it was really interesting to see how the same event was perceived so differently by the different parties. Mm. Yeah, that's, that was fascinating to me. And the guy, um, I don't want to give too much away, but the guy who had the ranch next door that was one of the founders of Nike, like yeah. he just fascinated me, like super conservative um, American capitalist, I guess. Mm. Which isn't, you know, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but they were coming from two different worlds. But they sort of had similarities in a way too, I guess, because they were believed in this idea and they were trying to make it big, which is they were selling this belief and trying to grow it. Mm. And I I guess I could be totally wrong here. This is just my experience and thoughts is that, when you find something that works well for you, you want to share it with people because it's mm. given you so much and you want to be able to give other people that value as well. So, Yeah, that's true. And I guess my approach is more I, I like to listen to all different ideas, all different religions, all different ways of thinking, philosophies, and then just try them all on and see what I like and then make my own rather than choosing one specific ideology and sticking with it like a set of boundaries mm. or rules, which might work for some people. They like that and it works for them and that's what they're drawn to. Mm. It's interesting. It's uh, We, as humans, 
we see things differently and we have some people that look at specifics on things and then you have some people that look globally at things. And so I'm a huge global thinker. Um, I just, I can't, I can't do specifics very well. I can sort of go a little bit in between, but globally is definitely. So I'm very similar in, in looking at the different religions. And for me, it's all the same thing. It's the core of it is the same thing. It's just different language around it, different practices to get to connect with whatever it is, um, and I guess with everything, there can be people with good intentions and people with not so good intentions and maybe like that can influence a religion in terms of, you know, people thinking that there is a certain way and it's only that way and maybe becoming a little bit more close-minded. Um, but I think that's really powerful when you can see the, the sameness in things and recognise that, well, we're all individual, but at the core, really, we're all the same. We're all made of the same atoms, same molecules mm. as the chair, as the cup. Yeah. We, also, we all experience love and we all experience fear, but then that's fascinating, isn't it? Um, like, does the cup experience love or fear? I don't know. I'll ask the cup. <laughs> Hello, Kurt. <laughs> um, the cup is feeling a little shy to be on a podcast. <laughs> but my other cup is very willing. See, it's got a lot of personality on there. <laughs> a lot more pictures on it. <laughs> a lot more pictures. It's a slim. It's got a lot more. The cup sort of speaks more in its form. Oh, maybe the cup listens. Yes, but it's got a form and the form tells more. It doesn't use words. It's got its other language. Yeah. I'm thinking of like the, you know, when you're little and you get the tin cups and you, <laughs> when you listen yeah. to the, oh, no, because you still speak into that, don't you? Through the bit of string. Yeah. The vibrations of the string. Mm. <laughs> All right, well... Thank you so much. I don't want to end this. I'm really enjoying our conversation, but I'm sure you've got a lot of creating other things that you want to be doing out there in the world. So I really appreciate you hanging out with me for the last however long it's been. Um, as always, I just I love our conversations. I love your perspective and that you open my mind to different possibilities and potentials and uh, for that I'm I'm really grateful so thank you thank you thanks for having me I feel the same about you you're a very very open-minded person but you have a very practical way of approaching the exploration which is really nice I always learn different things from you got good foresight sometimes I feel like I just dive in but you you think things through a little bit more, which is proving to be very helpful in our friendship. <laughs> well, that's my safety background, I think, <laughs> analysing everything. What is the risk and consequence of this situation? <laughs> I love it. And I can't wait to listen to more of your podcasts and thank you for helping me. I'm Even from being on your podcast, I'm learning a lot. 
That's good. Um, Lou, where can people connect with you? Or where can they find your podcast and connect with you if they want to reach out and connect? Uh, on Instagram, I ha- I'm at, at Third Eye Guide. And on there, I've got links to my podcast and I have a website which I haven't been very active on, but I'd like to start doing more on. And on there, I'll have links to everything that I'm doing. And if anyone wants to say hi or. Mm share with me something some creative project they're working on i'm going to start um offering sort of like a meditation art therapy art class um on art classes online and i'm sure and maybe some courses i'm not really sure i'm i'm in the process if it if you check out um third eye guide then i share all the creative projects that i'm working on on my Instagram. So, yeah, and I really recommend going to check that out because there's a whole lot of colors and um it's it's like a feast for the eyes looking at your Instagram feed, is that what you call it? I don't know, I'm still learning this Instagram stuff. I'm we can call it whatever we want. <laughs> scroll, a yummy scroll. <laughs> yeah, so go have a look at the, Lou's delicious, yummy scroll. Um, <laughs> definitely, definitely worth A chocolate scroll <laughs> with sultanas and cinnamon. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. All right, well, thank you again and uh, thanks you, thanks you, everybody, for joining us. <laughs> Hope you all have a great day. See ya. Bye. Thanks for joining me for another inspiring conversation. For more inspiration on topics like this, head over to my Facebook page, Journey to a Better Place with Jess Baker. If you want to know how you can work with me on your journey to a better place, check out the website www.journeytoabetterplace.com. Bye.